Alright, Gabal, Tafrilika Khanika today's daf is Daf Memalif, and we pick up on Daf Memomid Bez. We have lots of ground to cover at the two dots. About two thirds of the way down on forty B Mem Omid Bez. And the specific halacha of the Mishnah that we're coming off of is the Mishnah taught us if you have an axe of a stadium which is trained to gore, that axe, if it kills a person, is not going to be put to death. That was the halacha of the Mishnah, and our Gemara is going to explain wow. why. Ibailu, they ask a question, search of information. Mahu legabi mizbeach. Granted, the axe is not going to be killed, but what is the halacha about bringing it as a carbon? We know the Torah does not allow you to bring an axe as a carbon if it killed a person. So, does this include any axe that killed a person, or the fact that this axe cannot be chayav misa anymore? Maybe it does allow it to be brought. So, we have a machlaikas. Rav Amar Kasher. Rav says that an ox which is trained to a gore is okay to be brought as a carbon. Shmuel Amar Shmuel says puzzle, it cannot. Why? Rav Amar Kasher. Rav says that a trained to gore ox could be brought as a carbon. He says, you know why? Incredible. Onosu, this ox is considered forced into killing. It's not a choice. It's training. Ushmuel Amar and Shmuel says, puzzle. We don't care. The bottom line is an Avera has been done with this piece of property. And since this piece of property called an ox has killed, it cannot be brought. So again, Rav says yes, carbon. Shmuel says no, carbon. Macy has a challenging question. In order for an animal to be brought in sacrifice, as you from an animal, to exclude us, this excludes an animal that sodomizes a human being or an animal that's been sodomized, these animals cannot be brought as sacrifices. Min habakar, it must be animal that's brought from cattle. Lahotzi esan nevad. This also excludes an animal which is nevad, which has been used as part of an avodazara, an idol worship process. Minatzon, it must be brought from tzon. It must be brought from sheep. What is that coming to exclude? Lahotzi esan muktza. To... to um, Exclude an animal that cannot be a carbon, even if it's muktza. What does muktza mean? The word muktza literally means set aside. An animal that's been set aside to be used for an avodah even if it hasn't actually been used for avodah also cannot be a sacrifice. Uminat zon, and from the from the zon, from the cattle, the hotzi esanogeach, to exclude any animal which gored and killed a person. Amar of Ashi, Amar of Shimon, Rav Shimon says. If we're saying that an animal which has been included in being sodomized, why does it say a goring? And if it says that an animal that gored cannot be a carbon, why does it got to say that an animal that was was uh, sodomized? The fact that, you know, by mentioning one, we would know to exclude the other. Now, why so? Maybe it's two different categories, killing a person and, and sodomizing a person. Maybe it's two separate things. So he explains. He says, There are times where you find a stringency by an animal that sodomizes uh, more than an animal that kills. And there's stringencies of an animal that kills more than an animal that sodomizes. When an animal sodomizes a person, <clears throat> we treat the case of Aines like the case of Ratzim. Okay, ones uh, means uh, uh, against its will, against its will. So, um, any animal, whether it sodomizes a person or has been sodomized, 
So on one hand, if it's sodomized a person, it's with its will or its instinct, whatever you want to call it. If it's been sodomized, not necessarily so. And we say the halacha holds is consistent and holds the same, that it cannot be brought as a carbon. Negeach, but when it comes to an ox that gores, lay also by oinus karatzen. We do not make a case of oinus like a case of rotzen, right? Which means that an ox gores on its own, then we say it's chay of misa. If it's been trained to gore, like in a stadium, a stadium ox, we said it's not going to be chay of misa. See, there's a difference whether it's, uh, whether it's with its rotzon or whether it's uh, in ones. And then you also find that by a goring ox, there's a stringency, which is mishalim kofer. When an ox gores and kills a person, the owner has to pay that additional kofer, that additional atonement payment. But when an animal sodomizes a person, the owner of the animal that sodomizes does not need to pay kofer. And therefore, each one has a stringency. There's a stringency that we find by sodomization, that ones and ratzon are the same, it cannot be a sacrifice anymore. And there's a stringency that we find by, uh, um, by a uh, ox that gores, that there's a kofer payment. Lefikach, therefore, Therefore, the Pasuk has to teach me that an animal that sodomizes cannot be a carbon and an animal that gores cannot be a carbon because just by mentioning one, I would say it's that chumrah that means you can't bring a carbon. But who says in another case? So you got to mention both. Now, so this is all a nice brisa and a nice explanation. Now, how is this a challenge to anything we said? We started out a question today. Today we started out a question with an ibaidu. The question was, can an animal that kills and is not chayamisa be brought as a carbon? Yes or no? No. We don't have, so let's see. Katani mias, so let's bring the raya. The brisa did state, reveya, when an animal that's sodomized, also by yonis kerotzen, naigeach loya is better than We say when the ax gores, we do not treat ones like rotso. Lamai hilchasa, which halacha, what does this mean? Lav carbon? It must be referring to a carbon. And you see from here that what? An ox that gores willingly cannot be brought as a sacrifice. And an ox that gored because it's trained may be brought as a sacrifice. So here's your answer. It could be. We start with a question. The ox is not chay of miso, but can you bring it as a carbon? Says the Gemara, yeah, you could. Answers the Gemara, low. No. Look at Tola. You know the difference between Ones and Ratzon? By a trained ox? Not that you can bring it as a carbon. It's just that it doesn't get killed. When an ox willingly kills a person, on its not willingly, I'm using the word willingly to mean no, on its own decision. Untrained. Untrained. Untrained to do that. But when it's being done on, on, with, with training, so that's not, that's not called what it's will. So we thought the difference is going to be whether or not it can be brought as a carpenter. So this is going to be, no. The difference is going to be whether or not it's Chayav Misa. So if it's not trained, it's Chayav Misa. If it is trained, it's not Chayav Misa. But maybe either way, it cannot be a sacrifice, like Steve said before. And it's logical to say that this is the halacha. Diyan Ritla Karban, if you're going to say that the difference is, excuse, excuse me, <coughs> the difference is whether or not the ox be brought as a carbon. When it comes to ox that gores, we do not make ainus like rotsin. Is that true? We don't talk about rotsin and we don't talk about ainus. We don't talk about being trained to do so. So, how could the Bryce say there is a difference if it's not sourced in the Pasuk? 
Rather, it must be that the whole difference is for killing. When it comes to killing, there's a difference. But when it comes to being brought on the Mizbeach, any ox that killed a human may not ever be brought as a sacrifice. Period. End of the Gemara. Okay? So we start out with a Shaili. Bailu, this trained ox doesn't get killed. But could you bring it as a carbon? No. All right. Omar Mar, the Tana taught us, if an ox gores on its own, a goring ox, you have to pay a kaifer penalty. An animal that sodomizes, there's no additional atonement payment made by the owner of the ox that sodomized. What's the case? If the ox sodomized the person and killed the person, so of course you pay kaifer. Mali Kutla Bakarna, Mali Kutla Bravia. What's the difference how the ox killed? Whether it's with its horn or with, uh, or with uh, sodomizing. What's the difference? Either way, of course, you need to pay Kaifer. The Ella, the Rav of Loikotlis. The case has to be where the ox sodomized but didn't kill. Okay? Now, Haikla Mishal and Kaifer, so I'll tell you, you know why you don't pay Kaifer? Bishum de Lav Kutlahu. The only time you ever find the source for Kaifer is by death. If there's no death, you don't pay Kaifer. So the, death or death? Death. Death, D E A T H, or D E D. All right, um, that's if you have a gooder English. Okay. But how about D O D? D O D. Maza. Dead on delivery. Dead on delivery. Okay. D E A. No D O A. Dead on arrival. All right, but either way, it says go like this. See, we just said there's a stringency that a goring ox has on a sodomy ox, that a goring ox that killed has, has a kofar. An ox that sodomizes doesn't have kofar. So this is Gemara, duh, of course. You don't find kofar if there's no death. So how is it even a chumrah? That's not even a stringency. Right? It's apples and oranges. Amar Abayi says, the ox sodomized and didn't kill. Okay? Huh? If you've got an animal that weighs at least 1,500 pounds, yeah. and you've got a human being that weighs, let's say, 200 pounds. Okay, however it was. Use your imagination. Don't. <clears throat> the case is where the woman that was sodomized did it willingly. Did it willingly? Did it willingly. There was witnesses. There was warning. They take her to Besdin and they killed her. She was chay of Misa. Mahu de tema. I would have thought to say, tapa today's daf. Keman de kat Since the ox caused her death, it's as if the ox killed her, and you should pay kaifer because it was your ox that brought about her death, even though not through the physical act, but through the physical act combined with warning and witnesses. Kamash the b'risa lets me know that you only have to pay kaifer if it was the physical act of the ox, let's say, crushing her during bestiality, that, uh, that, or, in, or anybody in, in general, ox killing anybody that you have to pay, not if it leads to somebody's death. Rav Amar Rav gives another possible uh, explanation why I would think that there's a case over here of, of uh, kofar when it comes to sodomy. Lailam the Rav of a Kutla, maybe the case is where the ox did end up killing her. With Gakash Dachnis, they're going to ask Mali Kutla Bakanai and Mali Kutla Bravi. Of course, you need to pay Kofar. What's the difference if the ox killed her with his horns, with, with his uh, horns, or killed her with bestiality? Why would I think it's different? I would say Karen Kapanasilahazik, 
I'll tell you the difference. Maybe you only have to pay a kofar when your ox gored with the intention to damage. But when your ox kills with the intention to pleasure itself, then the owner maybe does not need to pay kofar. And therefore, says Rava, Kamash Malon, the Chiddush here is that, uh, that by death there is kofar, and by bestiality there's not. What's going to be the source of the Machlaikes? The case of an animal that's unfort- an unfortunate uh, situation where uh, uh, an um, animal tramples upon a child <clears throat> in the victim's property. The ox of a stadium does not is not It's considered as if it is forced, and this brisa will hold that it actually may be brought on top of the mizbech, um, the top of the daf. Here we go. If an ox scores a person and the person dies, muad mishalim kaifer. If it's a muad ox, the owner pays kofar on the death. If it's a tam ox, the owner does not need to pay kofar. Either way, the ox is killed. And similarly, same thing holds true by a boy. The same thing holds true by a girl. The owner, the, the halacha is, the ox gets killed. And if it's a muad, you pay kofar. If it's a tam, you do not pay kofar. Okay, now what are you going to say? What's the obvious question? Who cares the gender? Right? We'll see. Nogach. Is the gender of the person or the gender of the animal? No, the person. No, it's a, talking about the person. Whether, it, uh, whether it's um, killed a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Says, which is a unique thing for a mission to say. Right? We haven't really seen this, uh, seen this prior. Okay? Nogach Everay Amma. If the Everay Amma, if an ox gores a Ever Kanani or a. Or uh, an amma shivcha, nice and shleishim slam. The owner he has to pay the owner thirty slaim. He has to pay a uh, uh, we'll call it a set amount that the Torah gives for killing somebody's ever kanani or shivcha kananis. Bain shehu yafe meyamana bain sheini yafe eladina or echad. This is a flat fee. It does not matter on the current market value of the eved. There's a flat fee that you pay to the owner. Of the uh, of the eved, which is 30, uh, 30 slime. Okay, says the Gemara. If the ox killed when it was a tam, how are you ever going to find a case of a muad? Okay, we're saying like this: an ox that kills a person is killed whether it's a tam or whether it's a muad. Says the Gemara, the question is assuming that the animal is a muad for killing. So the Gemara says, how can an animal ever make it to be a muad for killing if it's already dead once it kills as a tam? Okay, which means that there were three times already where the ox tried to kill somebody went at it hard enough to kill, that if it would have got the person proper, those people would have died, that would make it into a killing mood. But it's not actually dead because it didn't kill yet. Ravashi says, 
No, an umdana, just, just thinking the animal wants to kill is not enough. Which means, according to Ravashi, if just trying to kill is not going to be a, a possibility. So according to him, we're back to our question, right? Because according to Rav Ashi, that an animal would not become a muad just for trying to kill. So how can you have a case of a muad for killing if it's already dead as a top? The case is, according to Rav Ashi, that actually the, the ox gored and put three people into critical condition. Okay? Three people were in critical condition and we didn't yet see them die. They will all eventually die, but they didn't all die yet. So the ox was not yet stoned and now it gores again and then the first three die. So now it was a muad for the other three. Okay, so that's Rav Ashi's scenario of how you can have a killing ox that's a muad. Rav Zvidah Markegain Shaharag it already killed three animals. Says Rosvid like this. You don't need to kill three people to be a muad for killing. If you kill three animals, it's a muad for killing animals. And now if it kills a human, you're chay of misa. Umuad lebehemav, umuad leadam. Says the Gemara, is that true? Just because it killed the animals, is it a muad for killing people? It's where it killed three non idol worshippers. And when it kills three idol worshippers, we're going to learn in just a couple of daf, it's not going to be Chay of Misa, and it's still considered a muad for killing people. Umur like Chavamur the Yisrael, says the Gemara, but you can say the same thing, the same way there's a difference between the mazal of an animal and the mazal of a human. There's a difference between the mazal of a human and the mazal of a yid. So if it's just because it gored three of the shouldn't make it a muad for goring Yisrael. Yisrael didn't work in a different dimension. El Amar of Shimon Lakish rather says, uh, says Rav Shimon Lakish, says, It killed three people who were already trefas. Okay? What is a trefa? A trefa is somebody who halachically is already considered dead as far as being chay of Misa for killing them. Which, by the way, is one of the ways that Rabbi Akiva's Bezdin and the other Batei Din would get every murderer off of death row. How was this? Because they would ask the witnesses, do you know for a fact that the victim was not a trefa? That the victim didn't already have a condition that would cause them to die in the near future. Maybe they, did, you, did you see all their internal organs before this person killed them? And because the Allah is, a person kills a trefa, even though it's usr, you're not chayav misa. You're not chayav misa. So he says, Rishim says, you killed a shleish adam who are trefas, but it was a chayav misa. A muad the trefa, muad the shalim, is a muad for a trefa, a muad for a, uh, a healthy person. Now a trefa, we're assuming even physically, is a really not well person. Right? Really not well person. So just because an ox will gore a really not well person doesn't mean that an ox is, is capable or will gore, will even go after a healthy person that can uh, struggle with it or run away from it. Rather, Papa says, Okay, you're right. None of those ideas made sense. None of that works. I'll tell you the case where you have a killing ox and it's a muad. 
And the case is, the ox killed a person with witnesses and ran away. And then it came out and killed a person. It's a serial killing ox. And it keeps getting away. So therefore, it hasn't been killed. Now it's a muad for killing. I'll tell you the case how uh, you can have a muad killing ox is where the zaymame zaymamen, the, the, the one who made the zomamen into zomamen, they themselves became zaymamen, which means that you have, let's explain what a zaymamen is. You have an ox that kills. So two witnesses come and say, the ox killed in St. Louis at 5.15 p.m. Two other witnesses and said, came and said, you cannot say that the ox killed in St. Louis at 5.15 p.m. Um, on, uh, what, I guess it's, it's after Shkia. Right? It's base Teves. Um, by the way, complete tangent. I just mentioned Teves. Next Friday, get ready for a very rare day in, uh, in the Jewish calendar. It's a Sarah Teves. It's a fast day on Friday going into Shabbos. So fast they go. So Mincha Erev Shabbos is going to be with with the regular laning and Kriya Satira. We have to start Mincha earlier, and everybody's going to break their fast that Kiddush on Friday night. It's not so really not common for this to happen, but uh, be next next uh, Shabbos. But be it as it may. So we're up to we're up to base Tevis. The second group of witnesses said base Tevis five p.m. You're with us in Chicago. There's no way you saw that. And Besdem Paskins on the first witnesses that they're, they're obligated to pay now for the ox. And now a third set comes to the second set and says, one second, you can't claim that the first set said at 5.15 St. Louis doesn't make sense because you're with us in Chicago. Because at 5.15 p.m. on base Tavis, you're with us in Detroit. And then a fourth set comes along and says to the third set, hey, you can't claim they're with you in Detroit at 5.15 p.m. on base Tavis. I'll tell you why, because you are with us in uh, in uh, Pittsburgh, and another that 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 it's a peasant sin. They're trying to figure this all out, right? Uh, uh, who was weird? So if you have witnesses who have been proven wrong uh, through Hazama, as long as uh, a set has not been been uh, proven false, so what happens is the original edus is not accepted by the court. Because you could say that every other set of witnesses allows the first ones. To be valid again, you understand? Because the first set of witnesses became invalid when the second set showed up. But when the second set became invalid, the first set became valid again. And so on and so forth. So as that happens, you can have an ox that is goring, but the witnesses that are coming and claiming that it gored and killed are not fully accepted in Besden. In the meantime, the ox hasn't been killed and it does this multiple times while the Adam are coming and turning and making court cases with other Adam Zaymim. And that's how ultimately you can have an ox that's a, that's a muad because it, it was kept alive due to the fact that Bezdin is busy sorting out all the testimonies on the three previous gorings. It's understandable if you want to say this, that you, you need it to gore three times to make it a muad shafir. Then all these explanations make sense. But if the whole reason why it, uh, that it becomes a muad and it's chay of misa is because we need to warn the, or, the owner that, hey, you got a goring ox, 
Why don't we say, let the owner say, I never knew. I didn't know my axe scored three times. I, only, I was only warned once. Sigmar says, For example, the Amri, they said, Every time his axe scored, Gabay by him have the owner was there. And therefore, the only time the owner could claim, I didn't know my axe was a goring axe, is and therefore I need three sets of witnesses to show up, is if he wasn't there. But if the witnesses are saying, dude, you were there when your axe scored three times, you knew about this. There's no excuse to say that you didn't bring me to court. Ravina Amar, Ravina says, again, what are we trying to find just to wrap up this Kabar, keep an overview? We're just trying to find cases how you can have a muad goring ox for killing, okay? Ravina Amar, Ravina says, B'makirim as balshar, makirim as ashar. Where the witnesses recognize the owner of the ox, but they can't identify the ox in the lineup of oxen itself. And therefore, they're able to warn the owner, hey, Rebbe, you have a goring ox, now, we don't know which specific ox to kill because they can't identify the specific ox. It was after the third time that they recognized this is the ox that killed three times and he already had the warning. Says the Gemara, If they didn't identify the ox for the first three times, what do you want the owner to do? Because still, they said to him, You have a wild ox. You have a vildechaya. Inside your flock. And therefore you should have watched your entire flock. Okay. Period. End of that Gemara. Whether an axe is a tamar mur, it's going to be We surely stone the axe. I already know that the animal which was, uh, is, is dead, is going to be killed, that it's an Avela, it's now going to be a carcass, an Avela, sur bachila, a carcass cannot be eaten. Why does he got to say you cannot eat? Now it says in the Pasuk, you shall surely stone it, and you cannot eat its flesh. Says the Gemara, of course not. When was the last time a stoned animal was kosher? Can't stone an animal and make it kosher. It needs a kosher shechita. Why does the verse say, You can't eat its flesh. I know you can't eat it. Here's what happens. Your ox kills. Pheasant says, We're going to stone the ox. Owner quickly pulls out a chalif. He pulls out a shechita knife. Shechts it and says, Ha! I killed it first. Now at least I got good steak. Right? Asr bachila. Can't eat it. What was it? Paskin Misa. What? Oh, you Paskin Misa. Bezdem Paskin Misa on the ox. Because he already... Because the ox killed. As soon as the owner hears this, he's like, Kosher Shechita. His ox is going to be killed anyway. He might as well have good meat. Says the Pasuk, Osir Bachila. No, you can never eat an ox that's been Paskined on for Misa. In the other Bachila. I only know that you can't eat the ox. You can't even benefit. Enjoy the ox. The owner of the ox is completely 
clean from this ox, completely separated from the ox. My mashma, Rosh Hashem explains what does it mean that Balash are naki. Like the way a person says to his friend, this guy went out clean from his possessions. He's wiped out. What does it mean you've been wiped out? You got nothing left. There's no benefit whatsoever. How do we know that Yachas Bazar is telling me that even if he shechts it, it's going to be Yasser Bachila. Maybe if he shechts it after it was Paskin, you could eat it. Maybe it means like this. Maybe it means that after the animal is stoned, it's prohibited to benefit from. But if you would have shechted it, maybe Taka, you could have eaten it. Whenever it says you can't eat, you may not eat, you may not eat in plural. This means you can't have you can't eat and you can't benefit. Till the Torah specifies the same way it did Benavela, which is where it says that you can give it to a non-Jew or sell it to Avaitazarinik. Over there you could gain. For the fact that you could sell it, you're allowed to make money. But in general, you're not allowed to uh, you're not allowed to benefit. So says the Gemara, how do I know the Yochas Basarei? Means you can't eat it if it's shechted after after it's paskin. Maybe that's not true. Maybe it's telling me a, a different halacha that you, that it's after it's stoned. Army, they said, that that truth would only apply if you learned out the prohibition of eating from the word layechel. But over here we know. That you're not allowed to eat it as soon as the Torah said, Sokol ye sokel. As soon as the Torah said it's gotta be stoned, those words themselves tell me no no stakes. Because it's stoned. So the prohibition of eating, is it learned out from Lo Yoichal? See, here's the Gemara's question. Whenever it says Layechal, I know you can't benefit. So why do I need an extra limud? Says the Gemara, the prohibition of eating is not learned out from Layechal. The prohibition of eating is learned out from Sokol ye sokel. That don't eat it. What does it mean? Don't benefit. Could have just said don't benefit. Teaches me that even that uh, even if you checked on, in a live animal after it's been paskin vlamisa, you're still not allowed to eat it. Okay. So bottom line, right now in the Gemara. You have an ox that's been paskined for Misa. The owner takes out a shechita knife, does a kosher shechita. The halacha is no eating, no benefiting. Maskifla marzutra. Marzutra has a challenging question. Ema, let's say, Hani Mili, that this halacha, uh, this halacha holds true. Go ahead. No, what did he add? In the first case, we, we, we had the assumption that the reason why you can't eat the ox is because it says, And whenever it says, it means you cannot even benefit. Says the, and therefore we had a question, right? Therefore we had a question that maybe you just can't do it after it's already killed. The Gemara says, no, 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 no. Here it's different because the pro. The prohibition of eating is not actually not learned out from don't eat the body, don't eat the flesh. That's not where it's learned out from. The prohibition of not being allowed to eat it is learned out from suckle ye suckle. 
it shall be surely stoned. It shall be surely stoned. And the Torah says like this. Here's the Pasuk. Sokol yisokel hashar. The ox shall be surely stoned. And then it says, and you may not eat its flesh. I know you can't eat the flesh because it's stoned. That's not a kosher way to kill an animal. So why does it got to say, and you cannot eat its flesh? Okay? So this is where the Gemara is clarifying. It shall be surely stoned means you can't eat it. And you cannot eat his flesh means even if you shecht it prior to the stoning, there's no eating. And whenever there's no eating by Layachal, it also means no benefiting. So, bottom line, this animal, as soon as it's condemned, no matter how you cut it, no eating, no benefiting. Maskifla Marzutra, Ramazutra says, Ema, Hani Mili, Tatvamadvez, Hecha, de Badak Tsur, the Shachat Bai, the Avde Kein Skila. Maybe this is true when you have a case where you have a kosher shechita knife that he shechted it with. There are certain knives, it's very rare for people to have this nowadays. Somebody just told me they found something. They found something. Oh, my brother-in-law. My brother, a fascinating brother-in-law who lives in Eretz Yisrael. Um, he's into all sorts of uh, like... Off the off the track, uh, off the what's it called? Off the grid, off the grid type of off things. The wall. Off the grid, like a different. Mm-hmm. He, he likes these kind of things. So he was. Um, we had a family simcha in in Los Angeles. So he drove. He wanted to see all the Nafla Sabare. So he drove through like like the the Nevada and all these states. He, he came across this store that sells all sorts of. Like random stuff, random stuff, hundreds of years old, sometimes like 300, 400 years old. He walks into this store, he's like, he, classic, like pulled, pulled over to the shop, I'm getting this. You know, I'm going to see what they have here. They had a stone slaughtering knife that is sharper than metal. Like you, you, you like you could barely touch it. Nail it, it, it'll cut your finger. And they say that a sh- really sharp stone could be sharper than the sharpest metal. I was like, really? Like I didn't even like, you know. So he's uh, he said it was that one was very it was too expensive for him to buy. I don't think he he, he really wanted it, and he didn't know how to get it back uh, to Eretz Yisrael either. But uh, it was in- incredibly sharp. I wasn't even aware of this. That I knew you could you could have like a stone uh, shechita knife. But uh, imagine the case like this, says, says the Gemara, says Marzutra, what, what if the owner shechted his animal with a stone? So it's high of stoning. Uh, he did stone it. He did stone it. With a sharp knife. You killed it with a stone. <laughs> you killed it with a stone. Oh, I was joking. No. The 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 Let's say he inspects, he checks out a stone and shechts from it. Okay? The Avdi Bekein Skila. It's like stoning, because you killed it with a stone. But maybe he shakti with a with a knife. Maybe it's not good. So ask Mazutra like this. You know, he, he asked a question. Maybe you cannot eat the shechted animal when you killed it with metal. But let's say I do kill my shechted I, I do kill the axe with a stone. 
maybe it would be uh, it would be mutter to eat the meat. I did what the Torah says. Amri, they said, No, see, when it says in the Torah, to, to shecht it, you don't find the word sakin, that it needs to be specifically a knife. We know clearly you shecht it with a rock or with a sharp reed or with metal, it's valid anyway. And therefore, don't, don't start making differences between how you shechted it. Don't, don't start with these chachmas. Sorry, now that you can't eat or benefit, why does God say the owner is completely clean from it? If you can't eat it and you can't benefit from it, that means you're clean from it, which means you're totally, you got nothing to do with this thing. Stigmaric says, no. Teach me you're not allowed to benefit from, uh, from the hides. The I would have thought to say, only its meat is not allowed to benefit from but its or its skin would be permitted to benefit from Kamashlo and Balashar Naki. You're not allowed to benefit from the meat and you're not allowed to benefit from the hides. According to those who use the word Balashanaki for something else, as we're going to explain on tomorrow's daf, why does he gotta tell me you can't uh, um, how, how do they know out you how do they know you cannot uh, benefit from the skins? We're saying you can't benefit from, from the skins because the Pasuk says Balasharnaki. But later on, that Pasuk we're going to find on tomorrow's daf is already used to teach me a different halacha. So how do they know you can't benefit from the skins? Nafkalei mi es besari. You can't benefit from the flesh, which means es atafala besari. Es besari. See, it says es. It could have just said, layaychal besari. Don't eat besari. Why does it say es besari? It means even that which is secondary to the flesh, which is hides. Says the Gemara, get ready for this quick shift and a beautiful end to today's daf. Or where we're going to get to for today's daf. Fahaitana eslay darish. Our tana doesn't darsh in the word es. Kedetani, we learned in the price of Shimon Hamsuni, Vamila Nechem Hamsuni, Hayyadarish Kalashabater. Either Shimon Hamsuni, Nechem Hamsuni would learn out, they learned how to darsh in every es in the Torah. Either Shimon Ha'amsuni or Nehemia Ha'amsuni. One or the two. There's two different variations of who it was. Every time it says the word S, they learned out what it's coming to teach me. Kivan Shehigia. When they got to the per, to the verse of S, Le S Hashem Lekachatira, S Hashem Lekachatira, God you shall fear, Pirish. They, re, they, uh, they, they separated themselves from a drusha. They had no clue what the word S meant. Amrulai Tamidav. So the Tamidim said to either Nechemia or Shimon, Rabbi, the fact they can't darshan this S means that maybe all your drushas are wrong. Maybe S is not here mm. to make a drusha. Mm. All your shiurim are out the window. Mm. What's going to be with all the previous shiurim? That you're convinced S was teaching me something and now you're wrong. Omar Lahem, he says to them, Gewalt, Kishem Shekibalti Schalala Drisha, Kachibalti Schalala Prisha. Our goal in life is not to make drushas. Our goal in life is to be Mivakesha MS. And the same way I was Mivakesha MS by making drushas, now I'm being Mivakesha MS by saying they were all wrong. Mivakesha. Searching. Yearning, 
I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to back up. I did all I could to be right. But I was wrong. Ad Shabara. Still. Don't let your wife hear that. <laughs> no, I'm just. Yeah, yeah. No, beautiful. Beautiful. No, uh, Rabbi Ravinsky said, don't let your wife hear that. You, ju- you just said you were wrong. Ravinsky, make sure your wife doesn't hear that. No, I. I, I you got to. Ad Rabbi Akiva, believe me, but then Rabbi Akiva came along. And he taught and he said, It's coming to include the same way we respect the Rabban Shalom. We're obligated to respect those who bring the Rabban Shalom's Torah into this world. That's the Tamid Chachamim are tuffle to the Rabban Shalom, so to speak. And it includes the Chiyuv to be Mechabed them as well. Okay, we'll hold it here. What a beautiful way to, uh, to end off our learning for today.